podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dream Team Professor Podcast. In this episode, we're going to be reviewing all the weekend's action from Game Week 13, looking over all the top point scorers and key talking points from the games. So we start with the Spurs-Liverpool game, which finished 2-1 to Liverpool. Mohamed Salah got a brace in this game and Kane got the goal for Spurs. But it was actually Darwin Nunes who got star man, which surprised quite a few people. Um, He got the assist for the Salah goal and he also hit the crossbar, which was close. Um, But still, a lot of people thought that Salah should have got star man really after scoring two goals. He finished with a 7.9 rating, but Darwin Nunes got an 8.1 in this game and snatched it. But Salah did look right back on form as well, so he had... Great touch for his goals and he's playing with so much confidence. He's now up to 13 goals and 4 assists from 19 games. Um, An 8.8 average from his last 5 games as well. Um, You had Robertson and Alisson got ratings in the defence, but there was nothing for Virgil van Dijk and Trent Alexander-Arnold. One thing to note though, we did mention it in the last podcast, that we thought that um, Perisic might play a bit more advanced, possibly as a left winger. But actually they've started with two up front, so that was Harry Kane and Perisic up top. Um, They did swap that up when um, it wasn't going too well for them in the the first half. In the second half they brought Kulisevsky on, so they did have Perisic on one side and Kulisevsky on the other. And that was quite effective, Um, Kulisevsky got the assist uh, for the Kane goal and he really changed the game when he came on. But initially in that first half, Spurs were so defensive and sat so deep. They were actually playing with quite a few defenders in this game. So they had their back five, um, but they also had sort of three defensive midfielders too in um, in Bentoncourt, Basuma and Hoiberg. So it was a really defensive lineup. Um, but yeah, when Kulisevsky come on, that sort of changed the game. So they'll be glad that he's fit again. Kane grabbed the only goal for Spurs, but he only finished with a 6.9 rating. So finished with five points. The only other players to get any points from this game were Kulisevsky for the assist, two points, Benton Kerr with three points for the rating, and Perisic with three points for the rating. I think Spurs were unlucky not to get the draw in the second half. They did play really well when they started throwing things forward, but it just makes you wonder why they don't start attacking from the beginning of the game, because they were so ineffective in the first half and Liverpool were all over them. But after they got that goal back and after they changed things at half-time, it was kind of all Spurs for the rest of that half. Then on to Man City Fulham, which finished 2-1 to Manchester City. Kevin De Bruyne got the star man in this game, but it started off with Erling Haaland being benched. Alvarez started up front, but he got an early goal after 17 minutes, um, and Gundogan got the assist for that one. But then soon after that, Cancelo got a straight red card for a tackle in the box, uh, where he got none of the ball. Um, And then Pereira scored the penalty for Fulham then. Um, So City were down to 10 men, but actually they still managed to uh, finish up with 71% possession. So after playing 70 minutes of football with 10 men, yeah, they still completely dominated the game. Um, They brought Erling Haaland off off the bench um, and it looked like he scored pretty much soon after coming on. But it was disallowed um, by VAR for a really tight offside. Um, And it was actually Kevin De Bruyne that put would have got the assist for that one. So he put a really good cross into Haaland and they're linking up just so well. Um, but the guy that finished up getting the assist for the actual Haaland goal, which was a penalty, was Kevin De Bruyne. Um, and there was quite a lot of um, talk around this one because Kevin De Bruyne did go down really easily. Um, and I'd say pretty much won the penalty. Um, but it was given to um, given to Haaland and it was quite close. Leno almost saved it, but put it away, um, got himself a yellow card celebrating as well, so he took his took his top off to celebrate, but 
well that's quite funny because he was just wearing man city colored um under armor so didn't get the full effect of just waving his shirt above his head because he had a man city colored top on anyway so it seemed a bit pointless to get a yellow card for that but yeah yellow yellow card but got the goal um and he, i'm i'm sure he'll start against chelsea for the next game now there was no points scored from any of the city defenders obviously cancelo got a minus three for the red card um but you did see Rodri get three points, Alvarez got eight points and obviously a, a rating for his goal. And then Haaland finished on four, which would have been five without the yellow card. And Kevin De Bruyne with another star man, he got 10 points. If you're enjoying this video so far, please do give us a like and subscribe to the channel for more regular Sun Dream Team updates. Onto the Chelsea-Arsenal game, which finished 1-0 to Arsenal. The star man in this game was Gabriel. Um, and he's now actually, he got the winning goal in this game. And now he's scored more Premier League goals than any other defender since the start of last season. Um, so really good for him and he's a really good asset to have in defence. I've got Saliba in most of my teams. Gabriel was a bit more expensive at the start of the season. But actually, it's looking like Gabriel was probably worth the extra bit of money. Um, but the goal came from a corner which was taken by Bukayo Saka. It was actually left by all the defenders and I actually think that that would have ended up going in directly from Saka. So he could have ended up with, a, with the points for a goal there but actually Gabriel got on the end of it and I was relatively pleased with that after taking Saka out for Erdegaard last week. Um, so yeah, assist points for Saka. He did get a yellow card so he only finished on a four in the end. Um, got a seven rating but obviously minus points for the yellow card. Gabriel finished on 18, um, star man, clean sheet points and the goal. Um, and then all of the Arsenal backline ended up with five points pretty much for clean sheets. But there was no ratings in the backline other than that, apart from Saliba. Um, but it's quite close for some of the other guys. So you had Ben White and Zinchenko and Ramsdale just narrowly missing a seven rating. Gabriel Jesus did get a rating in this game, but now he's nine games without a goal. Um, his average points, though, is still pretty good, and that sort of shows that he's still chipping in with the assists, and he's quite offering quite a lot to the team. Um, but his average points per game now is 4.7, which is still quite impressive, considering he hasn't scored in such a long time. But all round, it was a pretty bad showing from Chelsea. Um, the only person that got a rating in that Chelsea side was Azpilicueta. He'd got a book in as well, so he only finished on two points. Other than that, it was a lot of zeros and quite a lot of minus ones, with Aubameyang, Chalabar, Gallagher and Sterling all getting yellow cards. But yeah, it's looking quite bad for Chelsea. They really were poor in this game, and they've got some tough fixtures coming up as well against uh, Manchester City in the Carabao Cup, and that's followed by Newcastle, who are looking really good at the minute too. Um, off the back of this game, though, we had... Um, Gabriel did get the star man at centre-back, but he didn't make the Brazil team. Um, they've just done their World Cup squad. But Gabriel Martinelli and Gabriel Jesus got in there. Then on to the Aston Villa-Manchester United game, which was a big surprise. Unai Emery had just taken charge of Aston Villa. And I was kind of expecting that this would be quite a, a game where they sat deep and defended. But it was the complete opposite. Um, so it ended 3-1 to Aston Villa. And Bailey scored within seven minutes in this game. Um, and... Manchester United looked all over the place. It was then followed up by a um, Digne goal from a free kick. Um, and that was after 11 minutes. So they were 2-0 two two down just after 10 minutes. Um, not good for me because I brought in David De Gea and Delo in this, who finished on minus two and minus three in the end. Um, but it was Jacob Ramsey that got the star man. He got a goal and assist and did score an own goal as well for the Manchester United goal. Um, Luke Shaw did get the assist points for the own goal because that's how it ends up working on Dream Team um, but he still finished on a minus one 
you had yellow cards for Delow, Ronaldo and Luke Shaw. Manchester United might have a few excuses in that they had quite a few injuries. Um, they had Bruno Fernandes who was injured, um, Jadon Sancho was ill and Anthony's also injured as well. But they really did look off it. They had Van der Beek playing who really didn't offer much at all. Um, and Lindelof I, I thought was pretty bad in defence as well. They really are missing some of those injuries. I brought in two uh, Manchester United defenders or a keeper and a defender in David De Gea and Delow. But Delow's got a booking in this game, which was his fifth. So he's going to end up missing the next Premier League game. Um, but he will play the Carabao Cup fixture where these two face off again. Um, but yeah, I'm not feeling too confident going into it after after seeing this result, even though it will be played at Old Trafford. One other thing I did note that um, I thought Lotaro Martinez um, was lucky to not get sent off in the end. He... Um, Chucked a couple of elbows at um, Bailey, and yeah, I, I don't think it got reviewed. But yeah, I thought he was lucky not to get sent off in that one. You watched it back after, and he really did uh, chuck a couple of elbows into his chest. So, if you're looking at Manchester uh, Manchester United defenders, I'd potentially consider avoiding Martinez because there's been a few times he is one of those sort of hard tackling defenders but there's been a few times where he does really get stuck in and do some dirty stuff as well so I've already had three red cards in my team in Gomez, Emerson and now Cancelo as well so I'm not going to want to take any more risks for players that are behaving like that on the pitch. One last thing to add as well, so Jacob Ramsey, star man, he's actually only 1.7 million, so it'd be good to see if um, he seems to play quite regularly under Unai Emery and if he can carry on with the goal contributions, because at 1.7, that's a really cheap enabler to get in your team for some budget. So goal and an assist in this game, and we'll just forget about the own goal for this one, just to give him a bit more credit. Newcastle got a 4-1 win away at Southampton, and Kieran Trippier got the star man award again in this game. Um, but we'll start with the goal scorers. So you had Almiron, who uh, he, he's had seven goals in seven games now. So he really is on fire. Um, and a lot of people are starting to bring him in. So he finished on eight points. But the other goal scorers were Chris Wood, Joe Willock and Bruno Gamares. But um, we'll spend a bit of time on Kieran Trippier because he just keeps getting star man now. And I've seen quite a few people post um, that they're really frustrated with the ratings and... That, everyone, that who scored must love Kieran Trippier but actually when I went into who scored again I did it in a previous episode but for this game I just wanted to have a look again just to see what it is that's getting Kieran Trippier so many star man awards um, so for Newcastle specifically because after losing 4-1 Southampton players are probably not going to get star man um, but for Newcastle specifically um, Kieran Trippier had the most touches put in the most crosses won the most tackles in the game, had the most accurate through balls, and then he finished sec second for aerials one and the most passes completed in this game. So he, there were so many different metrics that when you looked at them, Kieran Trippier was top over and over again. And then if he wasn't top, he was finishing second. So it's no surprise why they do keep giving him these ratings. He's involved in so much of the play. And when I was watching Match of the Day yesterday, um, this probably inputs into it as well, but they brought up a stat on the screen, and this was across the um, the whole season. Um, for successful crosses, Kieran Trippier was ranked first. Passes into the final third, he was ranked second. For chances created this season, he was ranked third. And then chances created from set pieces as well, he was ranked second. So that was out of all the Premier League players. So he's obviously doing stuff that all of the um, stats are loving and that's no surprise why he just keeps getting these crazy ratings. 
It was quite unlucky for the uh, Newcastle defenders. They conceded a goal right at the end in the 89th minute. And that was a goal from Perot and it was assisted by Salisu. But really, Southampton were really poor in this game. And yeah, they've had their manager sacked now on the back of this. So yeah, we'll wait and see who they're going to get in as their new manager. Then we had West Ham versus Crystal Palace, which ended 2-1 to Crystal Palace in the end. It was a really disappointing loss for West Ham. Uh, they threw it away right at the end. Um, the star man was Elise in this game, and he got a goal, um, so 13 points and a 7.8 rating. Um, the other goal was uh, Wilfred Zaha, and he got an assist too in this game. Finished up with 10 points and finished on a 7.4 rating. Um, so he's quite close to that star man. Um, and then Eze got the other assist for Crystal Palace. Um, ben Rama got the first goal in the game though, and that's a really good goal from distance. Um, and he's actually one of West Ham's sort of best performing players on, in terms of Dream Team. Um, he's on 52 points now. I've got a few friends that support West Ham and they were really angry when he got subbed off. Um, I saw a quote after that Moyes, Moyes wanted it to be a tactical change, but a few people I know that were at the game were just gobsmacked that he was taken off. Um, and then even Skamaka as well, he was taken off at half time for Antonio. Um, and Antonio was actually the one that pretty much cost them the game. He went from having the ball in the corner um, and he could have really seen out the draw for them, but he had a bit of a stupid shot, gave it straight back to the keeper, um, and Guaita just hit it straight up the pitch, and Crystal Palace ended up getting that 94th minute winner. So it's really disappointing for West Ham. Ben Rama got the eight points, which was his goal, and a seven rating as well. Then we had Everton at home to Leicester, um, and Leicester won 2-0 in this game, and quite convincingly. Um, Madison was star man and we actually tipped him in the last video to, to do well in these next few fixtures but at five, I think it was 5.1 million it did seem quite steep but yeah he finished with, thir finished with 12 points and got two assists in this game um, and an 8.5 rating he was really good um, and actually I, I saw a stat on match of the day um, that he has the second most, in uh, second most goal involvement in the Premier League for the whole of 2022 and that's 13 goals, 9 assists in 29 games. And that's only behind Harry Kane. Um, but he is quite distanced in front with 32 goal involvements. But still, with, with that sort of record, um, I really do think that he should be going to the World Cup. So we'll wait and see what happens. But I've got a feeling that Gareth just doesn't fancy him and isn't going to take him. But yeah, there's not much else he can do really. He's, <laughs> he's do hitting really good numbers and he has been consistently for quite a while. So I think he will be really disappointed if he isn't picked. Um, so yeah, he got two assists in this game. And the other goals were from Harvey Barnes um, and Tielemans again. And that Tielemans goal was just an absolute screamer. It was almost like a carbon copy of his one that he scored against Wolves recently. And just hit it straight on the volley into the top corner and there was no way Pickford was going to save it. Um, but Harvey Barnes, um, he's got three goals in his last four games um, and that's five for the season now so he's really finding some form as well so he'd be quite a good pick to bring in. In terms of defence though, um, it was pretty much good ratings the whole way across that, um, that Leicester defence and actually I've got a stat on Danny Ward as well so only Ramsdale, Pope and Edison have more Premier League clean sheets than Danny Ward this season. So um, Allison's below and also Hugo Lloris is below. So yeah, Danny Ward, he was getting a bit of a battering at the start of the season and being bantered, but uh, you're not laughing now. Not really much to report in terms of Everton points. There was um, a lot of zeros and a lot of minus ones. Um, yeah, no points scored at all from any of their players. And I think Calvert-Lewin might have gone off injured as well. So that was something to keep an eye on.
Then on to the Wolves-Brighton game, and this finished 3-2 to Brighton. Um, so Wolves just really can't buy a win at the minute. I think I think I saw they got one win in their last five. Um, but the star man went to Matoma. He got 13 points, and he got a goal. Um, the other goals were scored by Pascal Gross and Lalana. Um, Lalana got a goal and an assist in this game. And the other assist was from Trossard, and he's having a really good season. Um, Trossard's up to 68 points now, and he's got a 5.2 average. So it's seven goals and three assists in total. So he's having a really good season. And I've said before, but I really do expect that another big team will come in for him. But at the moment, um, I think Brighton are up to sixth now. So, yeah, there's not many teams bigger. Um <laughs> Um, but Chelsea might steal him as well as their uh, previous manager, Potter, but we'll see. Um, but you had Guedes from um, Wolves that got a goal, and Ruben Neves got his fourth goal of the season, and that was from the penalty spot. I think quite a few of them might have been penalties. If they're not bangers, they're always penalties. Um, Pascal Gross, he got his fifth goal. Um, and one thing I looked, I was just looking on who scored at, like how they're lining up now with Deserbi, and it's quite strange. Um, They've got Pascal Gross now at right back quite a few games and Trossard's playing as the main striker. Um, Danny Welbeck did sort of come on um, in the second half, I think it was. But yeah, it's quite strange that Trossard's sort of playing as the almost a lone striker. And yeah, Pascal Gross, who started the season so well, is sort of playing at right back now. So that was just something that surprised me. Tomado was the um, probably the worst player in this game. He got minus five in the end for a red card. Um, and he completely wiped out that Matoma guy who had a really good game. Um, the only other person that scored any points was um, was uh, Triore from Wolves, uh, but it wasn't um, it wasn't Adama Triore. It was a uh, Bubakar Triore. Uh, he got an assist, but a six point six rating. And on to the last couple of games. Um, so Leeds versus Bournemouth finished four three to Leeds in the end. But they were actually three one down at one point. Um, you had Rodrigo that scored a penalty, and the other goals were scored by Greenwood, um, who actually got an assist as well, um, Cooper, and then Somerville, um, who got not a last-minute goal, but an 84th-minute goal, and he's really making a habit of scoring sort of last-minute or late goals now. Uh, got that one against Liverpool as well, so he's having a great time. Um, Billin got a goal for um, Bournemouth. And he's doing really well this season. He keeps cropping up there. He's got um, four goals, one assist and three star man awards. So quite a, quite a sort of budget pick. He's under three million. Um, Bournemouth have been doing better than I would have expected, actually. Um, but Tavernier was the guy that got star man. He got 17 points. Um, he got a goal and two assists in this game. Um, so finished with 17 points and 8.5 rating in the end. And I was having a look and he's 1.4 million um, at the moment and he's on 30 points. So if you are desperate for budget, that's, he could be a quite a good option. Um, I know I've got on Buemo in a few of my teams and I think I'm just sort of giving him loyalty for sort of no reason. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at Tavernier here and he's 1.4 million on 30 points. And I think Buemo's on 33 points. So I know a big chunk of it was scored in this game. Like, there are some sort of cheaper people out there if you are really struggling for budget. But yeah, for, like from Leeds, um, you had Somerville got 10 points, Greenwood got 10 points, Rodrigo got 8. The player that got the other goal for Bournemouth was uh, Dominic Solanke, but 
looking at these teams, there's probably not too many players that are highly owned in the game. So we'll move on to the next one. Nottingham Forest versus Brentford. Uh, Morgan Gibbs-White got star man in this game. Um, and he actually scored a really good goal. He's looked quite good. Um, yeah, he had a really sort of lovely bit of skill to get around a couple of players and um, put his goal away. Uh, but there wasn't that much to report, really. Um, Dennis, um, who used to be at Watford, got an assist. Um, and then my guy, who I was just bad-mouthing, um, and Buemo, he stepped up and he scored a penalty, actually. So it, that was in um, Ivan Tony's absence because he was suspended. Uh, he did go on to get a yellow card, so lost a couple points there and finished on a seven in the end, like uh, seven points. Uh, got 7.5 rating, so a good, a good output in this one, but he hasn't really been doing it that regularly across the season. Um, Jensen got the other assist and Wissa, um, he got a goal. Right, then finally, I'm just going to move on to my team update. Um, so I'll run through the transfers I did if you missed my um, weekend pod that I put out. Uh, the transfers I made, I had Hugo Lloris in goal, who I took out for David De Gea. And Sergio Gomez, who I had in defence, I took out for Dallo. Now, the theory behind this was I saw those two games against Aston Villa and maybe I should have considered that um, Unai Emery would have given them a new manager bounce. But I thought they looked pretty terrible in the last game. And I just really, from, from seeing Unai Emery sort of in the Champions League and Europa League with, uh, with Villarreal um, and then a little bit of how he was at Arsenal, but not quite. But he was fairly defensive and always seemed to set up quite tight, I thought. Um, so I, I thought in these first initial games to sort of stop the stop the goals going in against them, that they would have sat quite deep and defended. And I thought it probably would be a low-scoring game with Man United coming out on top. But it wasn't the case. And obviously, uh, they put three past Man United. So I got minus three for Delow and minus two for De Gea, which didn't work out. Um, I took Cucurella out for Trippier. Um, I was just getting sick to death of reading out Trippier got Starman or seven rating each week and not being able to bring him in because I had no transfers. Um, so I brought him straight in for Cucurella. Um, but the only downside, which it paid off because he got 10 points, but the only downside of this move is I had to um, try and free up some budget to be able to get De Gea, Delo and Trippier in for Lloris, Gomez and Cucurella. I had to free up some budget elsewhere and I didn't want to move on De Bruyne. I didn't want to move on from Almiron. I couldn't really downgrade and Buemo enough to get someone worth having um, and then Harry Kane and Haaland I didn't want to mess around with taking those out so I decided to take Saka out for Erdegaard I felt like that was the smallest um, downgrade that I could have done um, but actually overall I was kind of looking to see how I got on um, I got 44 points for the game week which I think is fairly good um, but actually when I looked at how my transfers fared compared to my team beforehand. Um, Saka got a four, Cucurella got nothing, Lloris got a minus one, and Gomez got nothing, which finished up on three points. Kieran Trippier, I was happy with that, 10 points, but the Manchester United defence really did cost me, so that cost me five points. So I had the Trippier 10 points, but Dallo minus three, and David De Gea minus two. Um, so minus five, and then Erdegaard got nothing. Um, so that was five points, so really, by making those four transfers in this weekend, I've only gained two points, which is pretty poor for four transfers work. But these are players that I'm going to... I know we have got a wild card coming up, but Kieran Trippier, 
Obviously, he's going to go up, so his price would have got away from me. And De Gea and Delo were both doing well, and I thought if I don't get them in now, they could get away from me, and I, I might not be able to afford them when it comes to doing that sort of wild card if they carry on with their good form. Um, so that was quite disappointing. But if I go across the whole team then, so David De Gea I've just mentioned and Trippier. Then I had William Saliba in defence, so he got me eight points for the clean sheet against Chelsea, which I wasn't really expecting any points um, for the defenders in that game, so I was, I was pleased with the eight points there. Um, Cancelo get a red card though, it was really frustrating. I know he's quite highly owned, so everyone was frustrated, but especially for my season so far, I've had Emerson Royale and Sergio Gomez get me red cards, um, and I think they were both in October. So I've had two red cards in October and then one red card already in November, which is pretty crap luck. I need to stop picking these uh, bad disciplined players. Um, so yeah, I might have to start looking into into how rash these players are before I bring them in. Um, Delo minus three, as I mentioned, and now he's suspended. Um, so he doesn't miss the Carabao Cup game for, for getting the five yellows. He misses the next Premier League game. So hopefully he'll play this next game against Aston Villa. And I'm hoping De Gea actually plays that game as well. Uh, as I mentioned in the last video, I don't know how much Ten Hag's going to rotate, so we'll wait and see. Um, then on to De Bruyne then, so obviously he got star man, and I'm happy with how he's been. He's the sort of player that I just want to leave in all season. Um, <clears throat> Erdegaard got nothing. I, again, I wasn't really expecting too much. A bit disappointed that Saka got an assist, um, but I think it could have been worse. I think he could have got... Could have got the points for a goal if uh, Gabriel didn't get that little little touch on it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. Um, and Buemo, I'll take, take seven points from him all day long. Just hope it was a bit more bit more regular. Um, and then Almiron has been brilliant. So eight points from him. Happy with that. Harry Kane, five. He was unlucky not to get a rating again. So a bit disappointing. More so disappointing because Salah had a really good time. Um, so Salah got two goals, didn't he? So... Yeah, that was quite disappointing, and I think that probably hurt my rank quite a bit. Um, but then Erling Haaland's off the bench to score, um, and did look really dangerous in the short amount of time that he was on. So four points from him was pretty good. So I'm not too displeased with 44 points overall. Um, but what I am displeased with is uh, my terrible overall rank. Um, I was at 83k. Um, it's come down a little bit to 73k. Um, so still really not good, but... Yeah, I knew with how my team done last month, especially, um, that I'd probably be crawling over the line to that World Cup wild card. So I just gotta get through with this um this team to the to the World Cup, um, use the unlimited transfers and try and just make some better picks overall. But not beating myself up too much. I'll just evaluate where we are when it comes to the World Cup and then try and what I wanna do is I wanna try and think of what's a realistic target for the end of the season that I could reach. Um, so if you've got any ideas of where you think uh, could get from 73k at the minute by the end of the season, feel free to drop it in the comments um, and let me know how, how many game week points you got as well this week. I'm going to leave it there for that episode. Thank you for watching. Um, and if you did enjoy it, please do like and subscribe on YouTube. Or if you're listening on Spotify as well, um, you can give us a follow on there too. But I'll see you on the next episode and that will probably be at the end of the week once the Carabao Cup fixtures have taken place. Cheers, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.